1: Hello everybody, welcome back to the Flow Track podcast. I am Liv Ekpone, joined with Ashley Titians, who's still not in studio with me. She's still in North Carolina. Feels so empty on this side of the room. I know, I know, it feels weird. It feels oh, very weird. So Ashley, I have to ask you, because we talked about this last week, you were running in a Thanksgiving turkey trot. How did that go? I know you said you no course records for you, but how did the turkey trot go and did you earn your pie? Oh, man,
2: the turkey trout did not go quite as I had hoped. Let's be honest. I haven't been putting in, I haven't been training for any 5Ks really. But you know, we still went out there. You know, this the neighborhood's definitely much hillier here in Raleigh than it is in Austin. So those hills kind of killed me, but I still want my age group. So I still got a pie, which I was How pretty was happy it? about. I picked a chocolate pie, got it even got a turkey hat. Look, I'll have to bring in the turkey hat so you can you can see the turkey hat I got.
1: Oh, man. So you got a chocolate pie for winning your age group? Yes, I did. Was it good? It was either
2: chocolate or pumpkin, but we already had a pumpkin pie at home. Yes. I was like, oh, we'll pick chocolate. So yeah, they had like pies for everyone to choose for their, for winning their age group, which was pretty funny. So.
1: There we go. And it was also Ashley's birthday. So happy belated True. birthday. I know I texted you on your birthday, but how does it feel to kind of have like Thanksgiving and your birthday on the same day? It's kind of
2: weird, but also almost better because it's like two holidays in one. Yeah, you yeah. get great food. So that's always a good plus there. So, you know, I can't complain. And I, I was born on Thanksgiving. So I feel like that's kind of, makes even more special, I guess. Yeah. So, but it's cool. Mm-hmm. That's awesome.
1: Well, I didn't register for any races, but I did run a 5K on Thanksgiving to kick <laughs> off the holiday. You guys, there is so much to unpack for this episode. We're going to dive into a little bit of, honestly, everything we have The BU meet this weekend, and it's going to be a showdown in that 3K, 5K race. NXN is also going to be taking place in Portland. Ashley and I are going to be packing our bags this Thursday to head off uh, to the West Coast on Saturday. And, of course, we got to have our predictions there. We also had a debate this morning on the top recruiting class between USC and Georgia on the ladies' side. And we're going to have a special guest joining uh, us with that. And then, of course... Wouldn't be an episode if we didn't talk about a marathon, so we have marathon talk, and <laughs> I don't know about y'all, but I don't think it's too early to have NCAA predictions, especially when you think about it. Julian Alfred's not competing anymore. Matthew Bowling, Ud- Udody, uzurike they're all gone, so who are those next? top hitters that are gonna be filling in those voids. We're gonna unpack it all, but before we dive into it, we have to thank our wonderful sponsors. Are you guys looking for a delicious and nutritious snack that's packed with a real protein punch, crack into a good source of protein with healthy, wonderful pistachios? Today at my desk, I had to grab the Honey Roasted. These are now my favorite. Each one ounce serving of wonderful pistachios contains six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. And you guys, it's one of the highest protein nuts out there. But that is not all. Pistachios are also known for their fiber and they're better for you unsaturated fats, which, which may keep you help, which may help you keep feeling fuller longer. But that's not the best part about it. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors, perfect for enjoying with your family and friends as we're about to kick off the indoor season. So whether you're jumping in between meetings, dropping the kiddos off at their games, make sure you grab a bag of wonderful pistachios because they're gonna become your now go-to snacks. So check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. Now, without further ado, as we mentioned, the BU Meet is kicking off this weekend in the 3K and the 5K. It's gonna be live on FlowTrack. Goodness gracious, Ashley. Let's talk about the men's field first. Eight of the 10 finishers from the men's 10K at NCAAs are entered in the 5K this weekend, including Graham Blake's runner-up Haptam Samuel, and third place finisher Kai Robinson. Ashley, when I heard this, my brain pretty much exploded. So let's dive into it. What do you think? How do you think this is gonna shake up? Do you think there's pressure? From Graham Blink's side, knowing that he won NCAAs, we're about to run the same distance if it's on an indoor track. Just kind of how do you see this shaking up a little bit?
2: Well, so I think first maybe we should establish a little bit just what this meet means, I feel like, in the NCAA space, right? So it's the the first of many BU meets to come. The BU, BU, um, Sharon Collier, Danville opener here. And what makes this really important, right, and really key and why you're seeing so many of these NCAA cross-country runners competing here, right? I mean, there's a reason for it, right? There's It's early December. Athletes are still at peak fitness from NCAAs. You know, they're not going to take a break really in between then and now. They'll take their break after before indoor really ramps up in January. And it's a great way for distance athletes to log those top-ranked times to be able to qualify for NCAAs. Later on in March, I believe it is for the NCAA Indoor Championships. So that's really why you're seeing like so many people enter. Plus, I mean, BY or not BYU, BU has certainly the history of producing fast times. And we've seen that that can be the place, you know, to run your fastest time of the year. And especially when you add all those All Americans in the mix, it's just makes things even more spicy. So when you're looking at this event, um, the 5K and the 3K are the two premier events. And like you mentioned, the 5K, if you're looking, it's stacked. I mean, we got loads of all Americans, as you mentioned, eight of the top 10 finishers from NCAAs, at least on the men's side. And you have a slew of, you know, proven champions as well going to be contesting here at this race. If we're looking at what happened last year, right, you're going to have the defending champion from this meet, Kai Robinson, competing. And he is from Stanford. I believe we have a video of him here winning that race last year. He clocked 13 to win the 5K and beat out just... I mean I can't even talk about like there's so many names he beat out that day he beat out some pros other elites, including Drew Bosley Alex Mayer and Nico Young Um, and he just finished third NCAAs a couple weeks ago and so um you know as you mentioned like he doesn't come in maybe as the favorite Grand Blanks obviously won NCAA cross maybe there's some pressure there to continue on that winning streak but maybe he has nothing to lose right he's already the champion he already won once so you know, he's going to go out there and put his best foot forward, but he's going to be racing against some top guys. So
1: what did you see from these entry lists that really struck your eye? Gosh, it's just fire emojis for me. I'm just like, where's the popcorn? <laughs> fire emojis? The popcorn, the fire emojis, the lightning bolt. Like, that's how I feel about this men's field. It's it's completely stacked. And just thinking about, and I love how you mentioned, like, this is, like, the ultimate perfect time because they're coming off NCAAs. They're at very peak fitness. We just had they had a week of recovery, week of light training, obviously with the Thanksgiving holiday, enjoying that time with family and friends. But now we're getting back into the work again and we're about to start preparing for indoors. So why not just, you know, dust off the the track spikes and hit the indoor track at BU? It's going to be an amazing atmosphere. We've already seen. This meet be held, and just the venue at BU is just incredible with the atmosphere and the energy. And you mentioned Kai Robinson. I still think he's probably the heavy favorite. I feel like for him, he's thinking defending champion. I have to go out and do this i think it's just gonna be really great to see how graham blinks responds and i know it's funny uh brian diebel and i here in the office he he does a lot of our videography he was talking about graham blinks and just we kind of laughed and he's like i'm happy this guy mentioned on air that he was like i ran like a dumbass so it's like i'm curious to see how that's going to kind of shake up when we're entering the indoor track and now i think it makes it just a little bit more interesting right because when you think of cross country you got that you got the grass. You have to kind of have your own lane. You can establish that. Indoor, it's a little bit more tactical. The turns are sharper. you got to now think about how many laps you're going through. Like, there's just so many things that are being or having to be processed for this race and also at this distance, especially at the 5K. So I'm just curious about how Graham Blinks is kind of holding his own, especially coming off of this title. There's probably maybe just self, you know, Self-pressure that he's maybe adding on to himself just knowing, hey, like, the top three guys from NCAAs that I competed against in Charlottesville, you know, we're about to hit the indoor track real soon, real quick. Like, there's there's no break. But I think this is great because we're going to be able to see some really talented individuals. If you – I'm going to put you on the spot right now. Okay. How do you, how right. do you, think, how right. do you think this is going to unfold? Do you see Graham Blanks winning? Do you see – I know you're a huge fan of Samuel. That was your 1B pick at NCAAs. Do you see him winning this 5K now? How do you think this is going to shake up?
2: You know, personally, I feel like it's going to be Robinson, and I'll give you a few reasons why, right? I think he's probably, if you're looking at him, you know, on on the cross-country course and track, I think he's a better track racer. I think that suits him very well, that 5K, 10K distance on the flat track competing like that I think he does really well there and we've seen that before you know he's was the double 5k 10k outdoor champion back in June so personally I think it's going to be Robinson but I think it's going to be obviously very interesting to see how everyone else runs together you know again like you're going to have Nico Young Drew Bosley actually more interesting too you're going to have all three youngs in this race Nico Young Lex Young and Leo Young I wonder if that's ever <laughs> really happened at a at a meet like that I'd love to see them all in the same heat that'd be funny but um you know I think Kai probably has to be my pick, so.
1: All right, you're going with Kai. hmm I think I'm going to stick with my guy Blinks. I'm sticking with okay. my guy Graham. I was going to say, I, it hasn't proven you wrong yet, so. He's not proven <laughs> me wrong, and right now I'm just like... Just gonna throw this out there. Got three for four at NCAA's. So, <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm sticking with my guns now. Let's kind of shift gears. Let's talk about this woman field. I feel like it's just Parker Valby. Parker Valby is the headliner. She's also gonna have All Americans joining her, like Hilda Umalayo and Elise Stearns, who competed at NCAA's. I feel like this is again another loaded field with All Americans. You have the NCAA champion in. And from Charlottesville, Ashley, what do you think Parker Valby is going to do this weekend?
2: Well, obviously, all the momentum is going to be in her favor going into this BU opener, right? Like, I think this is certainly Parker Valby's race to lose here. We saw how she dominated NCAAs. Not much of a surprise then to see her come here since she's you know seemingly healthy. She's going to come to the BU opener and probably try to throw down the fastest time in the NCAA so far or into the early season. Um, and go ahead and try to lock away a time that'll qualify her um, for NCAA indoor championships later in the season. But, um, you know, I think it's going to be an interesting, it'll be interesting to see this for her, right? Because if you're looking at what Parker Valby did last year indoors, she she basically didn't run much at all indoors, I believe. Yeah. Um. You know, she had an injury toward the end of that season. I think she only ran two indoor meets, but I will say one of them was um, the, the BU Valentine Invitational, right? And so she has been to this track before. She knows how it runs. She knows it's fast. And so I think that could certainly, you know, play to her advantage. However, I will say, if you're looking at this field and some of the other top competitors, I really do like Hilda Olamomoy of Alabama, right? She was third in this race last year, the women's 5K the BU opener. And she was only behind Caitlin Tui in second. And then Andy Rodenfeld, the, you know, the pro for the BAA in first. And so I think she's someone that's very experienced and consistent and will certainly be up there as well.
1: I, I agree with you there, and I think with Parker, just kind of, you know, piggybacking what you're saying, just from her indoor season. I know it's been very light. You mentioned injury. I think this is also her first 5K indoors. Like I'm looking at her uh, Florida uh, profile right now. She has an indoor 3K personal best of 8:49, and then it goes straight into outdoor 5K as well. So I think this is a great opportunity to kind of see what she's capable of doing, especially on the indoor track. Just not having just having that opportunity to kind of touch it a little bit more. And I think it's a great rust buster for her. Um, Again, coming off a really great NCAA, she's gone 1759 for 6K this fall. And I love how we're going to have Hilda and Elise Stearns. I think these are two very strong individuals that can really be the closest ones to Parker Valby, really chase them, and also get some really fast times to end 2023 and kind of build that momentum going into 2024, but I think it's going to be the Parker Valby show and just how fast is she going to go? I think it's just the biggest question. And not only are the 5 ks going to be exciting, the three K's I'm looking (laughs) forward to that. I know we have some really big names, Ashley, who are some individuals that you're looking forward to in that distance?
2: Yeah, you know, I think if you're looking at the 3Ks, they're just about as elite as the 5Ks here. If you're looking on the women's side, you're gonna have a slew, again, of all Americans who opted to go for the shorter 3 k distance instead of the 5K. You're gonna have Olivia Markovic, who was a very close second in the same race last year. She ran 8.50, 48 last year. And she's obviously, as we both saw, coming off a really big race for her NCAA Cross, where she finished third for Notre Dame. So I'm really curious to see how she does here this weekend. You're also going to have Amina Matag or, of Duke, and she finished in the top 10 NCAAs. She's been their top gal for some time in seventh last year in this race. And then you're going to have, I think Olivia may touch on this a bit, um, slew of NC State women too. So Amaris and Sam Bush, I believe, are running this as well. So it'll be exciting to see them go. But then if you're looking at the men's side, you're going to have two of Oklahoma State's top guys. You're going to have Brian Masao and Fwad Masaidoy. Masaido, I'm sorry, I cannot pronounce that there. Um, then, you know, as we saw, Brian was one of those star Kenyan freshmen that helped the, you know, Oklahoma state capture that team title there in, uh, Charlottesville. And then if you, you look at Floyd, he, um, he won this race last year, actually in 744, 26. So he's going to be your defending champion. So those three Ks, they'll definitely be pretty quick.
1: I know you focused on the collegiate side of things. There's an individual for me who I'm, and I think you're also excited for this as well. If you know Ashley and myself, you know that we're Ellie Shea fans here. And Ellie Shea is a fantastic individual. This young talented individual has compete, she's in high school, but she's not afraid to toe the line with professional and collegiate athletes. And she's also entered in this 3K. I'm honestly not surprised because she is from Boston. She's living in Massachusetts. She tends to put herself and challenges herself in these types of races, what I think is really impressive is literally this past weekend, she qualified for Foot Locker Nationals, uh, and she, you know, did great things there at her regional meet when 1721 for 5k. She's gonna then hit the indoor oval track this weekend, and then next week she's gonna be flying to the West Coast to compete at Foot Locker Nationals in San Diego. So she's gonna hit the cross-country course, indoor track back to the cross country course um, for her, her senior year. And she's one of the best distance recruits in the nation. She was the Pan American U-20 champion in the 3K. She was the the uh, NACAC champion or silver medalist for the U-23 divisions in the 1500. So this lady has so much talent, has so much to offer. She typically does a little bit of running during cross country has set all-time marks during the indoor season, all-time marks for the outdoor season. So are you excited to see Ellie Shea this early, I guess, for the indoor a, I'm season? I'm a little
2: interested in this move here. Yes. I'm a little
1: surprised
2: because um, I think that's just a, such a big change, right, to go from, you know, most high schoolers, right, they they start running their, in, their cross-country seasons all the way back in August, and then, you know, they run through um, November and into December if you're one of those elites going to national championships. She made her cross-country debut last week. (laughs) I know. Almost December, which is interesting. But then to then go from that and then a week later run indoors and then try to win a national championship another week after that, it's definitely an interesting strategy to me. But, I mean, hey, Ellie's always kind of done her thing and done really well with it. So I guess we'll see how that goes. And especially at, you know, a fast BU meet, maybe she's just trying to throw it on
1: really fast time and kind of
2: shock the system. But who knows?
1: Yeah, I think that's where... I think it's coming from it's like as you mentioned like i'm thinking about last year too i think she ran one road race then she went to qualify for foot locker east bay champ sports whatever it was last year to then go to you know nationals again it's just interesting to have this indoor meet kind of in the middle of all that but maybe she's looking to get some foot speed and Get some really great competition because she's going to be entered in this 3K and everything. So it's going to be an exciting one to see. So again, this meet will be live on FlowTrack. You can catch everything on FlowTrack. Kicks off over the weekend, so we're super excited about that. As I mentioned earlier in the show, Ashley and I are going to be traveling to Portland. We leave Thursday. We're going to be covering NXN, one of the biggest championships of the year at the high school level. And a lot of these individuals we're about to start seeing Kind of shift and you know most of them are seniors going to be competing at the collegiate level next year but i think it'd be interesting to have ashley and i kind of make our picks uh, to see who the top individuals are and also the top teams to look out for as we head to portland so ashley let's start with the guys side first who is your individual pick and why
2: well, yeah. So first, if you're looking at this, I think maybe again some context here for those that are watching or listening or whatever. NXN is obviously one of the biggest high school cross country races of the season. It you know has a long history. These are the people that you're going to see going to you know the collegiate ranks in the coming years and being those dominant people. Um, you know, looking to contend for all American spots in NCAA So, I mean, this is the future here, and I'm really excited to see what happens. If you're looking at the top guys. If you haven't heard of Daniel Simmons yet, I really hope you get to learn that name because the American Fork senior has just been on a tear since, I'm, you know, even if you're looking back to last year, throughout his whole high school career currently, um, you know, he's undefeated on the season. He runs for American Fork out in Utah. He's a BYU commit. Again, he's undefeated and multiple time Utah State champion. He was second at NXN last year in that crazy race where we saw Aaron Solomon take home that individual title. So, to me, it's kind of, he's kind of one of those individuals, right? Where you look at it and it's like, gosh, how do you beat this guy? No one's done it so far yet this season. I mean, he's an 834 two-miler. He did that back at Arcadia during the tracks. He's a junior. Um, you know, I definitely think, especially um, if it's kind of like those tough conditions, which I know we're expecting in Portland, it's going to be that typical rainy kind of miserable conditions. I mean, shoot, he's out there running in Utah elevation. He should be you know, kind of ready for everything. So I got to go with Danny Simmons as my individual pick.
1: Okay. I-, I like Danny Simmons. I'm a fan of Danny I know Sp- who you're going to pick. I know you're going to pick, and I'm not excited. I'm not excited. <laughs> the- okay. For some context, I'm a huge Clay Shively fan, okay? He goes to Wichita Trinity Academy in Kansas. He has signed, verbally committed to NAU. He'll be there in the fall. Cl- what I'm most impressed with with Clay is – a few, a couple months ago, he was an individual that put it out there that he was going for an NXN title. And at that point, he was kind of backing it up with his performances. He was getting top times. And at that moment, I have joined the Shively bus. <laughs> and I don't think <laughs> I'm getting off because I'm excited. I think this will be a huge win for him. He will be the first ever Kansas athlete to win NXN if he does this. He also set a personal best at NXR Heartland, finished fifth, which got me really nervous here. Um, Liv, Liv, come on, you just, know. right there, he finished fifth at regionals. I understand. He finished 14- fifth at regionals. I know, 1439. However, I our guy, Max, who I'm like, kind of gets inside scoop on things, and he was just like, I think Clay was just doing enough to get in, like not showing too much of his cards, was towing the line, doing what he needed to do. And that was his sub, second sub 15-minute 5K run this year. So don't know. I know a lot of people are like Danny Simmons, the guy. And I know Ashley's like, he has not He's shown guy. or proved me He's guy. anything else. But I'm rooting for an upset here. And I'm rooting for Clay Shively. That's, okay. my, that's my pick. That is my pick. So yep. it's going to be really. I, I know interesting. Danny Simmons is the safe pick, but I think it's the correct pick. So. Okay. Okay. Whatever That's you I'm say, Ashley. Right. Okay. Let's uh-huh. talk. Let's talk teams. How are we feeling about the okay. teams going in?
2: Um. I think. Are we on the same page? I can't remember if we made. Are we, we on the same page? Oh, we did. Okay, we were on the same page here. <laughs> uh, continuing on that American Fork train, Utah train, and Danny Simmons is not only going to win the individual title, but he's going to help lead. American Fork to the team title, I believe at NXN. If you're looking at what they've done this season, they won their Utah 6A state championship, and they've been just on a tear this whole season long. They, I believe, they won the NXR Southwest Region to qualify for NXN, and so they haven't really shown that they can lose yet. You know, and even if you're looking at some of those teams they competed against, um, you know, at the Southwest Region, I mean, they competed against teams like Harriman, who's probably a top five team potentially. Um, at NXN and stuff like that as well. And so um, I think American Fork is going to win this. Interestingly enough, you know, American Fork has always been one of those programs that's been very good, especially on the guy side. They have never won NXN. I did a little Google search and they have actually never won. The best they've done is they've finished second, I believe, uh, three times. And the last time they did that was in 2016. So I think Danny Simmons could lead them to their first boys NXN title.
1: Yeah, I think that's gonna be really interesting. And again, I think American Fork is that team to beat. Um, Harriman, I know, is also in that conversation as well. So, whew, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fast one. <laughs> Let's talk about the ladies' side. I I have a. I have a nice pick here. I like my pick. Rachel Forsyth of Ann Arbor Pioneer from Michigan. She's going to be going to Michigan State University in the fall. This girl's just absolutely unbelievable. How you feel about Danny Simmons is how I feel about Rachel Forsyth. Like, this woman has had 12 straight wins undefeated all season long and her last 11 races were sub 17 minutes for top for 5k so talk about consistency and she's just been hammering away at every opportunity she can get to win she's gone 1607 for 5k at her Michigan regional meet which is the number one time in the nation and is also the number five all-time performance and she's coming off a win from NXR Midwest and also the Foot Locker regional title as well so I think Rachel Forsyth is the one to take down but I also know this this specific race on the girl side, there's so many heavy hitters. There's Elizabeth Leachman in here. You have Rachel Forsythe. Emily, Emily Wisniewski's in this mix. Sadie Englehart. Like, there's so many big names. But I feel like Rachel Forsythe, this is her year. This is her year to put it all together. She's a senior. She's going to go out with a bang. I feel like the conditions are in her favor, especially just looking at the weather in Portland. It's going to be cold and rainy. <laughs> and homegirl has been running in Michigan where it's snowing all the time. The weather's not always ideal. So I think that also works in her in her favor. So I'm going with Rachel Forsyth. I don't know if you agree. I think you disagree with me you know, on this one. I do like that pick. I do yeah. think Rachel is gonna be at least top probably top five. Maybe I said top
2: three. I know we made some predictions earlier today, but I gotta go with my girl Elizabeth Leechin out of Bernie Champion in Texas. Um, I believe she is she's a junior correct or maybe she's a sophomore I think she's a sophomore and when I tell you this girl's been in on a tear all season long I mean there's no question that I mean she's logged some of the top times consistently week after week from 5k that you know I know for us that have been you know we were in Texas so we follow along a lot with all the miles with Texas coverage and I know we come to the office every day we're like dang can we just talk about what Leachman just did over the previous weekend if you're looking at a resume for the season She clocked 16.07.6 for 5K to win the NXR South Regional out in the Woodlands, which earned her the highest speed rating of anyone so far this season, which is 165. Which, to me, that's just insane. And again, if you're looking at the rest of her resume, she's undefeated. She has gone under 17 minutes for 5K. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight times. She's only gone over 17 minutes one time. So I feel like she's got nothing to lose.
1: They're literally like this because I know Elizabeth is number two by literally tenths of a second.
2: But do you think... actually? I, sorry, I'm gonna correct myself. I said she was undefeated. I forgot she lost at Woodbridge to to Jane Hendergren, who yeah, unfortunately was... will not be competing. I believe she is sustained an in injury. But yeah, but to me that Gosh, was pretty so this much like, a win. This girl's like on a whole nother level. Yeah, and you can this live. Okay, so what was it a few about a month or two ago? We went out to Bernie Champion and we filmed a workout Wednesday with her. And I've never seen anything like it. She did the Michigan, which, you know, there's a very famous distance workout. And this girl crushed it. So
1: I'm going to have to go Elizabeth Leachman here. It's going to be an exciting race. I I love Elizabeth Leachman. Huge fan of hers as well, especially just being here in Texas, which is where we're at. So, again, it's going to be a race to the finish. Okay, team race because uh, it's going to be a battle between two Colorado programs. I feel like NIWAT... And Air Academy are just the two programs they're going to go at it. I don't even know if we agree. Do we agree on this one? Did no, you pick we Air don't. Academy? No. You picked Niwot. No, I picked Niwot. Okay, why do you why do you say Niwot? Well, if you're looking at what they've done this
2: season, right? Didn't they beat them at just a you know a couple of weeks ago? at NXR Southwest.
1: Yes. Again, See, just qualifying you already here. got the win
2: over them one time, and then if you're just I think Niwot has the depth potentially that air academy doesn't you know i think air academy obviously does have that depth there's like so close but to me i think naiwat not only has the depth that they have the star power too in addison ritzenhine daughter of dathan ritzenhine and she's just been on a tear and if you're looking at how they did last year as a team at nxm they ran really well they got second at that meet and addison Ritzenhain, i believe finished in the top 20 which was by far her best race of the entire season on a pretty tough course in portland so
1: i think it's going to be Naiwat personally but i think everyone else disagrees with me so i think Naiwat's a big pick though because if you think about what they did last year like the top i don't want to say top returning because saratoga springs is also in this race as well like they qualify for nxn They, they i don't feel like they're as strong of a program as where they were last year. So I feel like Niwot easily just moves into that number one spot, but I'm rooting for Air Academy and I feel like they've just been, they've been just hitting at the door every meet. And I feel like if all the ladies have their best day this weekend, it's going to be incredible with Bethany Mahalik, who's going to be going to NC State in the fall. There you have Tessa Walter, who's in the mix. You already know I'm a huge Addy Ritzenhein fan as well for, for NIWAT. So it's gonna be a battle between the two Colorado teams, but I'm just gonna throw this out there. Like Air Academy has the fastest team 5K average this year with a 1724. So I know that they know how to put it together when it matters. So I'm cheering for the cadets this weekend <laughs> in Portland, but we shall see. Actually, any other thoughts on NXN before we bring our special guest on?
2: I'm just excited. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a rainy one.
1: It's going to be excited. a rainy one. So if you're going to NXN, make mm-hmm. sure you pack an umbrella, extra pair of socks, rain boots. <laughs> literally, it's like 80% chance of rain every single day from like, is it like tomorrow through the weekend? It's just rain. I think like Thursday through for many, for many many days. Many, many days. Many days. The
2: foreseeable future. Yeah. Woo!
1: It's going to be a muddy one. So let's get going. All right, guys, as I mentioned to kick off this show... We've had—I don't want to say a heated debate. It might get a little heated now, um, but we had some conversation earlier about Georgia and USC in their women's recruiting class. And Ashley and myself think one way, but of course we've had Corey Mall join us before um, when we did everything <laughs> of picking up, you know, our at-large bids for for nationals for NCAA's. So Corey Mall. One of our wonderful colleagues. Thank you for joining us today on the Flow Track Podcast. How are you doing?
0: I'm great. How are y'all doing? And and Ashley Air Academy. They won the <laughs> no! title in Colorado. I
2: National I know. Field but field I...
0: going Air Academy.
2: Everyone's <laughs> against me. I was looking at her predictions earlier. I'm the only one that picked Naiwat, but I believe, I believe,
1: you believe. <laughs> okay. I think, like I said, I think Naiwat is a great pick, but I feel like Air Academy is going to put it all together. Okay, I'm excited for this, because as I mentioned, lots of conversation, and personally, the conversation started with like Georgia and like who they signed over the last week. Corey's like, have you seen what USC has done? And I'm like, we just need to talk about this on the show. So Corey, why don't you break down for us your thought process on just like, what, what did you kind of get from Georgia's women's recruiting class this season, and also with USC as well?
0: I, I think we have to start first with the, the ranked classes after national letter of intent period began. We published that ranking on November 14th. That was before Georgia signed Deja haj and Michelle Smith, but it went like this Southern California, one, Oregon, two, LSU, three, Georgia, four, Duke five. Now Georgia obviously has moved up to two, uh, based on what they've done, uh, Hodge, Smith, Riley, Hampton, Alyssa Gordon, Skylin Townsend, Sol Frederick, Sanaa Frederick. That's a lot of girls with a lot of talent, and on our Miles but fifty, a lot of ranked girls. That's looks like five in all. Uh, that's pretty. That's pretty steady right there. USC: Mia Brown, petterson Mara Scott, Branna Selby, Olivia Pace, and Grace Smith, a underrated hurdler from Georgia. They don't have as many ranked athletes but they do have three here's where my position stands usc is number one and for me they stay one because i think you have to look at basically what the recruiting class is right now and it's a clear one and two the number one recruit in the class is me and broad patterson by far the clear number two is a Deja Hodge. And then from that point forward, I don't think it's really that close. There's a little bit of a gap. It's like a cross-country race. How far are they back? 50 meters, I think. So when you look at the rest of, of, of the ranked recruits, they're really talented. They add the, the, a stock and a lure to both of their classes. But I think you got to look at it first with the number one recruit in the race. And w- the fact that USC got her, I think, is is the clear indication for me that they're number one. But... Also, the sprint core. They have three amazing female sprinters that could potentially step in and contribute right away. Georgia kind of got a little bit more depth with hurdlers and jumpers. Jumpers don't transition as easily as sprinters do. And in hurdling, while the height doesn't change for women in the collegiate ranks, I do think there is a little bit more of a transition there to facing elite competition. So Apples to apples, I think is a little different, but I'm sticking with the USC because they got the number one girl, Mia Brown Pedersen.
1: My face right now. I'm still stuck on how you said 50 meters back. I'm like, Corey Ball, what do you mean 50 meters back? Hey, Tyler, can you put up the graphics I had in our assets folder? Um, this is just interesting to me. I think we just need to pull up the Georgia Instagram real quick. Um, first photo about to drop it here. I'm just mind blown because I'm looking at this and I'm like, look at all of these indivi- these talented individuals from Adeja Hodge, as we mentioned, indoor national high school record holder in the 200. I think she will immediately make an impact in the program, especially going 22, 33 indoors. And she's ranked number two on the rankings, right? Then you also have Michelle Smith, top 400 meter hurdler in the nation. she's gone 5666. and on top of that, she's gone 207 in the 800. it's it's almost like a Briton Wilson thing for me with like the 400 hurdles 800 also. I think with Michelle Smith with Michelle Smith, she can be an individual that can also make an impact with this program. Riley Hampton, an incredible hurdler, win legal time of 1318 tied for number two um, in the country last year. You also have Alyssa Gordon in the jumps, as Corey mentioned, and then you also have the Frederick twins, Sol and Sanaya, who have gone low twenty threes and low to mid in um, low to mid in the hu- in the elevens in the hundred meters. I feel like this Georgia's recruiting class right now just exploded. It was like in the beginning, I remember saying Oregon was winning, and then as soon as The National Signing Day occurred, Georgia after Georgia after Georgia after Georgia. And I'm like, who else are they going to... There's only so much scholarship money that you can bring. And so I'm like, Georgia just completely destroyed it for me. But Ashley, I'm really curious on your thoughts. I know you said you had something to share with Corey. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yeah, so I think I have to agree with Olivia here, but I do think it's a close debate. However... have an analogy that i want to use so first off you know i think you know when it comes to recruiting classes like what makes a good class is not only having the star power but then having some of that depth combined with versatility probably across multiple events and i feel like that's what georgia has here and again i have an analogy here if you're looking if you google the top the best college basketball recruiting class ever Multiple websites cite the 2014 Duke basketball recruiting class. But the, <laughs> I promise <laughs> is a good analogy. Do they not know down. who
0: Jalen Rose, Chris Weber, University <laughs> of Michigan
2: were well, in the okay, 90s? Wait, here, let me explain the analogy here. So if you're looking at their, their recruits that year, they had the top-ranked recruit, Jaleel Okafor, he's a center. He's their top-ranked recruit. But then if you look at the rest of the guys they got, they had number five, Tyus Jones, who's a point guard. Number 12, Justice Winslow shooting guard forward that sort of thing then you have number 34 grayson allen a shooting guard so not only were they able to spread that talent you know kind of spread that wealth there they still got the number one recruit but they had some of that depth i mean it's kind of rare that you get that kind of talent in just one recruiting class so many top guys and what did they go on to do as freshmen they won the national championship
0: (laughs) (laughs) nothing like ashley to bring in a basketball analogy that's 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 (laughs) status quo there I mean, first of all, Olivia, great. Georgia does social media really well. I applaud them for that. They also spend over $200,000 on recruiting, as our report indicated a couple months back. They also have some advantages to getting recruits. I'm not knocking them for that. They do it better than anyone else. Recruiting Georgia right now under Carol Smith-Gilbert better than anyone else. And that, they're, they're successful. But to win track and field titles, uh, outdoor, indoor, you need sprinters. And you need relays. And what did USC get here in spades? They got sprint talent in spades. I get that, like depth will give you um, maybe a, a versatility that could lead you to score some points in other events. But the reality is, there's less likelihood there of those recruits kind of, you know, succeeding at the level of which you need them to. It's just a matter of numbers, you know, once you get to the college ranks, if you stock up on sprinters and a lot of them, chances are you have a higher likelihood of hitting on them and you need great sprinters for relays uh, in the four by one, the four by four. And that's what Carol Smith Gilbert did really well at USC when she coached there now at Georgia. So I don't knock her. I think she got an incredible class, but Quincy Watts. I got Quincy Watts at USC. <laughs> Just wait, Scott, Ohio, a little underrated. She's gonna be outstanding. Brianna Selby, two-time national champion indoors out of Virginia. I'm keeping them at one because USC, for me, did the right thing and they, they stocked up on sprinters. And plus they got, I think, a couple more coming.
1: Okay, since we're talking about sprinters, I'm also thinking about like what they already have there now. Georgia has Kayla Jackson, Autumn Wilson, I really think with Deja Hodge and you know, having someone else that's already on that relay, the, the star power's already at Georgia right now when it comes to the sprints though. Kayla Jackson, All-American as a freshman. We all know Kayla Jackson, that girl can move. For it. indoor and outdoor as well. But but the question was best recruiting class, not t- who they already have. I know, but it, I'm just, sa- do, you I'm
2: just
0: saying. You did mention a good point though, I, whether it was Olivia or Ashley, on the scholarships. There's
1: mm-hmm. a
0: lot of girls on the squad that are basically the best in their states. How much scholarship money do you have? I mean, may, maybe some of these athletes are coming in on partials, and that's maybe the the bigger get, I think, to to get some of those athletes coming in not on fulls, and you're still getting the best
1: of the best. Mm-hmm. Just an interesting take. I still put Georgia take. 1, though. <laughs> I still put Georgia one, like, Ashley already touched on it, like, they have a little bit of everything, and I think that's fantastic, just got a Deja number two recruit, Michelle Smith who can do the eight in the the 400 hurdles, you got Riley Hampton who can hurdle, you got jumpers, Frederick Twins who can sprint, that looks like a solid recruiting class to me.
0: I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. (laughs)
2: We'll see,
1: uh, that's what I was going to say. We'll have to see at the end of um, uh, indoor next year, Yeah, right, and outdoor. I got mm-hmm. one last question for Corey, since I know you're like <clears throat> USC number one, Georgia two. What do you think Georgia has to do to move to number one? Get more sprinters? Or how do we do that?
0: To move to, that's a good question. I mean, they've done pretty much all they can at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I don't know. I think they're kind of locked in it too for me. Uh, you know, they can sign a couple different if if they sign a distance talent, say that's like top five, maybe. But I don't know. Even that's kind of dicey because distance runners do need to transition early on too. Graham Blake's wasn't Graham Blake's until three years down the line. You know, it takes a while for, it does. for distance runners to truly really make their mark.
1: It does. Everyone's different, too. Okay. Interesting. So, Georgia, keep doing your thing. USC, again, great class with the individuals that you mentioned. So, Corey, thank you so much for, for joining us for this, this no problem. moment. No problem. <laughs> Appreciate it. All right, Ashley. Just I was really curious on just Corey's thought process with it all, especially just so many big names in the recruiting classes for both USC and Georgia. It's kind of like, who do you give it to? Cause there's so many talented individuals, but I'm still, I'm still on Georgia. I'm still on Georgia. Corey has not convinced me otherwise. Yeah, yeah, I'll still go <laughs> Georgia. I mean, I think USC did great. It's, it's tough, it's tough, but again, we'll see in not 2024, but 2025. Yes, is correct. So save for another year. All right, let's move on to some marathon talk because it just never, it never ends. Marathon season is (laughs) literally year-round. The Valencia Marathon, which will take place live on FlowTrack. Make sure you're up at 1 a.m. Central Time, 2 a.m. Eastern Time, December 3rd, and you can catch all the action. There's gonna be great lineups. I feel like Valencia is a very fast, flat area. We're going to see some great lineups, great competitors. Let's start with the men's side. I think that has a lot of interesting storylines just brewing in this. So Ashley, wh- who should we look out for this weekend at this marathon?
2: Well, I think the biggest storyline here has to be the marathon debut of Joshua Cheptegei. You know, he's a world record holder at the 5K, 10K. He's been a record setter on the track over the years. He runs for Uganda. Um, He won the 10K World Championship title earlier this year in Budapest. But despite all that, he has never raced a marathon. And so for someone like that who's been dominating distance running for so long, I think a lot of people are just really curious to see, um, you know, what this is going to be like for him. And um, there's a lot of intrigue that comes around that. And again, like you mentioned, Valencia is a fast marathon. It's flat, I believe. It's like they claim they're like the third fastest marathon in the world. So this could be a chance where you could really see some fast times and I'm really curious to see how he does. I know. Um, yeah, I think uh, about, I think it was about a month ago. Um, I believe David Monte, um, you know, great running journalist, track field journalist wrote an article uh, about Joshua guy and how he's been training for the Valencia marathon. And apparently there's been just historic flooding and raining and muddy conditions where he is. Um, so it's made for some challenges during training, but um, I'm just really excited to see and curious, really, to see what he does.
1: Yeah. I think that is one of the biggest storylines, um, just seeing what Cheptegei can do there. But also in that mix, we're going to have Kenenisa Bikel, who is a three-time Olympic champion and a five-time world champion as well, is going to be towing the line. But also Gabriel uh, Gigay, who finished second at the Boston Marathon earlier this year with the 2.06.04. And there's a couple of other names, too. And there are five runners who have gone sub-2.05. Um, to best on their resume, that could also be in this mix as well. That's Alexander um, Matiso, Sisei Lemma, Luel Grubulasi, excuse me if I'm pronouncing your ra- name wrong, Chalu Desso, and Titus Kiptero. So it's going to be an exciting men's race. Um, also on the women's side, of th- wait, do you have any other thoughts on the men's race before I shift gears? Talk about the ladies. I just wanna see I just wanna see what Chef the guy does. I think that's really
2: what everyone wants to see. So <laughs> everyone I'm happy, wants to very see
1: that. that. Yeah. I think the ladies side is also interesting because you have a lot of individuals who competed in major marathons and are just looking to kind of be in that mix, have already run have already run marathons this season. You have Tiske Kimichu who is second at the Tokyo Marathon with the two sixteen fifty six. You have Almaz Ayana, who's been undefeated in the half marathon distance this year, and she finished seventh at the London Marathon uh, earlier this year. You have Worknes Degefei. Excuse me if I'm pronouncing your last name wrong. Um, They've already had one race underneath their belt this season. Then you have an individual from Romania, and again, a few others that competed at the Boston Marathon, and also Bosuna Mulatai, who will have her marathon debut. And she's gone 105, 46 and a half which was her best back in 2022. So lots of great performances, and this marathon is going to be exciting to see, um, especially just seeing how Chip DeGay does just kind of coming back after you mentioned like just not having the best conditions to train for this. How will he respond, and what time can he post out on this really fast and flat course? So it's going to be exciting. Yeah, and I think – sorry, sorry. I was going to say, too, I
2: think it's just like – we're in this new phase of marathon running right where we're seeing we've seen within the past gosh three months just some of the fastest marathons ever recorded in history right so i think it's now just uh i think especially when you go to somewhere like Valencia, where there's a potential to run really fast um you know i think these you know ladies and you know these men too are going to have this kind of back in the back of their mind if you're looking again if you're looking at these um these PRs among you know these crews on the men's side, so many people under two oh five in their careers and for the marathon and for the ladies too, you have um you know, you have Gamechi who's gone under two seventeen and others around that two twenty mark. So I think it's gonna be really interesting to see how quick they go.
1: Yeah, very competitive and very quick as well. So again it will be live on flow track starting at one AM Central Time, two AM Eastern on December third. So you can catch all the action there. And before we let y'all go, as I mentioned, I don't think it's too early to have NCAA predictions. And I think the biggest question for me, it's really funny, kind of over the Thanksgiving holiday, I've been kind of watching uh, last year's NCAA championships. and I'm like, it's going to be interesting. There's no Julian Alfred. There's no Matthew Bowling. Udody Uzurike just went pro from Stanford. So I feel like the sprints, it's kind of open, I guess you can say there are some heavy hitters that are going to be in the mix. Um, But Ashley, what do you think is the biggest kind of thing to look for as we move into these upcoming weeks with an indoor kicking off?
2: Yeah, you know, as you were there talking about the biggest, you know, opportunities, you know, events where other athletes can move in and have a chance to win titles and win races. I, I agree. I think it's look really on the men's side, especially in that 200, right? You had Matthew Bowling who ran for Georgia. He was the 2023 indoor champion in that event. He turns pro. You have outdoor champion Udodi. He, you know, wins that event outdoors. He's also pro now. So there's these two openings now, right? Where you can see, you know, some of these athletes step up and this is their chance to win and who's going to emerge as the star this year in the men's 200. That's always obviously always a very um you know contentious event and so i'm very excited to see where that goes so that's kind of what i'm thinking but you mentioned a good point too like if you're looking at the women's sprints it's just wide open again you had julian (laughs) alfred who's dominating um you know in the
1: short sprints she's gone and plenty of others too and i know you have some predictions about that as well oh yeah i most definitely do and my my question is and this is pun intended um with the indoor season indoor season coming up who's going to be that next dog in the short sprints after Julian <laughs> Alfred. And I mentioned Kayla Jackson of Georgia because she is literally the first name that comes into my mind, especially looking at the at the sprints. Like just looking at what, and she was a freshman last year. And typically as Corey mentioned, it takes some time for athletes to develop, but I feel like Kayla wasted zero time to get the wheels going. And you know, just coming off of a strong spring season, she was six as a freshman at NCAAs in the 100 meters. She was second in the 100, third in the 200 at SECs. During the indoor season, she clocked a 707. She was second in the 60 meters at NCAAs where she ran a 708. And I'm just like, mind blown. I'm like, okay, if she continues that momentum, I feel like she's gonna easily sneak in as literally that top dog going into the short sprints i know autumn wilson is a talented individual again from georgia and i feel like she can be in the mix as well but i also think just kind of looking into the 400 meters also ashley Britton wilson gone talitha diggs gone adeleke of texas gone those were the top three women at the ncaa outdoor championships they're all gone so who's (laughs) who's gonna be this the the champion in this 400 meters and my brain goes to arkansas with effiong and price i feel like they're kind of the next ladies to kind of sneak in there and i think it's also great that they come from the same program because you know they're going to be pushing each other at practice i feel like they're going to kind of slide right on in into those top positions after having being all americans during the outdoor season but Kind of what are your thoughts when you think about even the 400 meters, just the lady side being gone like that?
2: Yeah, I think you make a great point that like everyone's gone. Again, it's time for people to step in and, you know, take control. And so I think you listed some great ladies there that could definitely, you know, attack that as well. And again, kind of going back to the, um, if you're looking at, again, it's just, it's it's just kind of wild because i think if you're looking at ncaa's last year there was so much
1: star power
2: Mm -hmm. obviously they were going to then go most of them go turn pro it's it's i feel like one last year was one of those years where there was it was kind of rare how much star power there was when you're looking at especially that two that four both on the men's and women's side so to now have it you know so many spots opening up i do think that's pretty interesting
1: yeah one other athlete, just to kind of put on your radar, um, again, I mentioned Arkansas, and, I, and I'm and i curious to know, I think she's probably going to go, you know, 60 meter two, but she also has the ability to go up in the 400s because she can potentially be on Arkansas's 4x4. If you don't know who Shanti Jackson is, I need you to Google her as soon as you're done listening to this podcast because what she did as a senior last year from North Carolina is absolutely unheard of. She broke the national high school record in the 300 meters, which was held by Sydney McLaughlin Laverne. Shanti went thirty six sixty three and did that in January at the VA showcase. I remember Ashley and I were literally there in person watching it with our own two eyes. And I called that race. And I was like, you, Oh my you gosh, watched it. you watch it with your own two eyes. Oh, you were I running a marathon. A bar, but... Just kidding. Yes, Ashley was not yes. there. <laughs> I remember being there watching it with my two eyes. Just, Unbelievable, thirty six sixty three. She also broke the outdoor 100 meter high school record. She went 1089, ridiculous. And she's also gone twenty two thirty five, and she did that to win the Pan American U20s. And she also has 52 second foot speed. She ran that earlier in the year and she only had a few 400 meter races underneath her belt. Just imagine what she's gonna do as a freshman now. And I know she wasn't lifting in a high school. So that was pr- pretty much just whatever she was doing on the track without any weights. Now with her lifting and getting stronger, goodness gracious, it's it's gonna be scary to think about. So just kind of putting Shanti Jackson <laughs> on your radar, if you don't already know who she is. It, it's I feel like the sprints are kind of wide open right now. And I think when it comes to distance races, we kind of get a glimpse, kind of based off cross country where people are gonna, and I know it's two, di- two completely different races, but you kind of get a glimpse of like where people are at. So, But the sprints, it's like, okay, first, first season race of the year, what are they gonna bring to the table? And then you move into conference, and then NCAAs, so it's gonna be all exciting stuff. So Ashley, any other thoughts before we wrap up our show?
2: just it's it's weird now i think i was telling you this earlier i just it's weird to be thinking about indoor now i'm still in cross-country mode i know we were preparing for this and i was like gosh i can't even think about indoor
1: right now but hey it's indoor season's upon us i know it's like marathons are going off this weekend and then we leave for high school cross-country nationals there's one more (laughs) high school cross-country meet next week then it's like the holidays and then like blink of an eye it's 2024 and then Literally within the first week of January, it's indoor. It's like full-fledged indoor season. It just there's no there's no break. There's no break in this. It's just (laughs) that's right. Just go 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 through. Goodness gracious. Well, y'all, thank you so much for joining us for this wonderful episode for the Flow Track Podcast. Please subscribe like, leave a comment. Ashley and I want to know what your thoughts are. Let us know what you think about USC in Georgia too. I'm really curious what you guys think about that, but enjoy the rest of your day. We will see you next week, kind of diving into more stuff and enjoy the rest of your weekend.